بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال النووي رحمه الله تعالى في الأربعين عن أبي هوارة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله أن رجلا قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أوصني قال لا تغضب فردد مرارا قال لا تغضب رواه البخاري رحمه الله تعالى In this uh, hadith which is the 16th hadith <coughs> and uh, 40 hadith of Nawawi rahimullah Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu he said that a man said to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam counsel me advise me so he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said do not be angry la taghdab do not be angry so the man repeated his request for the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to give him counsel he mentioned this several times and every single time the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he replied with do not become angry la taghdab do not become angry and this hadith is in al bukhari he says and muslim now Regarding this hadith, we'll mention a few brief points, insha'Allah. Perhaps after the tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we'll gain further understanding as it relates to this comprehensive hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So point number one, and that is, an Abi Hurairah radiyallahu an, anna rajulan. Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu he said that a man and this is from the mubhamat fil mat fil mutun or fil matan and this is from those uh, uh, vague mentioning of people that is found in the text of hadith and many ulama have written books in clarifying who these people are that are mentioned and yani here it says a man so who is the man as relates to the name of the man some of the ulama of hadith have said that it is abu darda abu darda radiyallahu anhu and others have said it's abdullah ibn umar ibn khattab radiyallahu anhuma and other than him or them from the companions have been mentioned as being the one who asked this question to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam But generally it's either Abu Darda or Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma na'am Point number two <clears throat> And that is that there isn't anyone from amongst us that is free from being angry And being angry is something which everyone has As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yaqul وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوا هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوا هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ When Allah is mentioning about the sifat 
of the mu'mineen, the characteristics of the believers. Allah mentioned from their characteristic that when they are angry, they forgive. Allah did not say they do not get angry. لم يقول لا يغضبون. He didn't say they do not get angry, but he said when they get angry, because it is from the characteristics of man that they will get angry one way or another. So there isn't anyone from amongst us except that he gets angry. But Ibn Athir, rahimullah ta'ala, he said in Gharib al-Hadith, الغضب من المخلوقين منه محمود ومذموم and that is anger that comes from the creation those who Allah the, the creation of Allah subhanahu ta'ala is of two types and that is the anger that is praiseworthy and the anger that is blameworthy that anger that is praiseworthy and the anger that is blameworthy. As for as for Fal Mahmood, as for that anger that is uh, praiseworthy, And that is the one that the individual is angry for the sake of the deen, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the truth and the haq. And the blameworthy anger is that which is in opposition to the haq. The truth and the deen. And that is the anger which the individual does for himself. The anger regarding money. The anger regarding wealth. The anger in seeking status. The anger of jealousy. The anger that emanates from jealousy. And from destructive jealousy. And destructive envy. These are types of anger that are blameworthy. So, There isn't anyone from amongst us except that he does get angry. The people of sense and the believers, even when he's angry, he doesn't, he doesn't use, uh, allow that anger to lead him. The one that has intellect. The believer, he doesn't allow that anger to let him and overwhelm him. Hence, he falls into stupid behavior, idiotic behavior, and he becomes ignorant in his behavior. And in that leads to ashia uh, madhmuma, uh, uh, blameworthy things as haram, like killing, al-qatl, wal-jarh, harming people, or kalam sayyi, or saying a statement that is vile, and disrespectful or if he's angry with his family members he severs the ties of kinship the person who because of anger anger can lead the individual to destruction to lead individual destruction except if that anger is used in the correct way and if it's used in the correct way the person is free from the evils that can come from anger so in this hadith the messenger وسلم, he said لا تغضب, and do not be angry and that is the blameworthy anger and that is the blameworthy anger now point number three 
And that is in this hadith, the Messenger sallallahu he repeated, La taghdab, do not be angry. And it is as if the Sahabi was asking the Messenger sallallahu for a comprehensive advice, for an advice that is comprehensive. And after the Messenger sallallahu mentioned La taghdab firstly, he asked for some more advice that would be comprehensive. So he repeated his request as if that was a portion of the advice. But the Messenger وسلم, repeated, La taghdab. La taghdab. So this shows that this advice of not being angry is comprehensive and all good will emanate from one withholding and taking control of their anger. La taghdab. So it's a comprehensive advice, which is from the Dram and Kalim of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the comprehensive nature of the statements of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, few words with immense meaning, few words with deep meaning na'am. Point number four, some of the people of knowledge, the ulama of the sunnah, the ulama of the sunnah qalu la'alla hadha ar-rajul kana ma'rufan bil-ghadab perhaps maybe the individual who asked the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam was known to be somebody who could get angry for nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam yujibu kulla insanin bihasabi hajatihi yani the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam from his wisdom is perhaps one of the reasons he repeated this advice to the the individual that came to him, an, is perhaps the individual was someone who's known to get angry. So the Messenger وسلم, from his wisdom, he gives advice to a people with that advice that suits them and befits them. And perhaps that's why he وسلم, repeated it. Naam. But then some of the ulama have said it's comprehensive. And that is that for his this individual to benefit and for those after him to benefit from this advice of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Point number four. And that is the one who holds his anger is the one that is strong. كما قال النبي Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ليس الشديد بالسرعة The strong one is not the one who is able to wrestle and overwhelm people with his physical strength. القوي is not the one that is القوي is not the one that is strong. Then he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ash-shadidu alladhi yamliku nafsahu inda al-ghadab. Ash-shadidu alladhi yamliku nafsahu inda al-ghadab. But the strong one is the one that controls himself uh, when he is angry. So this is something that occurs with our children. And this occurs with our spouse, whether it's the husband or whether it's the wife. And it occurs with our family member. It occurs with our neighbor, it occurs with our friends. There may be some different that may occur. And in it, at times, anger could come into the picture. For Shadid, so the one that is strong, the one that is strong, firm, is the one indeed that holds and withholds himself at that time of anger. Not the one who fights. The one that's strong is not the one who fights and physically overwhelms. But it's the one that is strong. It's the one that controls that anger and directs that anger to good. 
by exercising patience. That's the characteristics of the believers, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Shura, the Sifat al Mu'mineen. And when they are angry, they forgive. So the result of them being angry is not violence, killing, falling into haram, but rather they forgive, they forgive. So it is important, Barakallahu Fikum, that we withhold, it, we withhold our anger. And Al-Alama Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentioning this hadith, mentioning this is an important affair that we need to pay attention to. And it is from the characteristics that is from the characteristics that are praiseworthy, that one controls their anger. And this shows the wisdom of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that he repeated this advice many times in order for us to realize the importance of this advice. La taghdab, la taghdab. Do not be angry, do not be angry. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The second hadith that we're going to mention today is Al Hadith al Sabi' Ashar, the 17th hadith in Al Nawawi, in Arba'in Al Nawawi, the Arba'in, and that is An Abi Ya'la Shaddad ibn Aws, Radiyallahu An, and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Makal. إن الله كتب الإحسان على كل شيء فإذا قتلتم فأحسنوا القتلة وإذا ذبحتم فأحسنوا الذبحة وليحد أحدكم شفرته وليرح ذبيحته رواه مسلم And that is that the Abi Ya'la Shaddad ibn Aws he said that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He said that indeed Allah has prescribed proficiency and perfection Ihsan Ala kulli shay In all things فَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ And if you kill, then kill well Proficiently And if you slaughter, then slaughter well Proficiently, and let each one of you sharpen his blade and let him spare the suffering to the animal he slaughters. And this hadith was narrated in the compilation of Imam al Muslim, Imam Muslim, Rahimullah Ta'ala. Regarding this hadith, we mention nine points, inshallah, or so. The first point, the Messenger وسلم, in this hadith, he's talking about proficiency and perfection, Ihsan. And Ihsan can be Bain al Abd wa Rabbihi. Proficiency, perfection between the slave and his Lord. Wabain al Abd Wabain al Nas. And Ihsan and proficiency between the slave and the rest of the people. And thirdly, وَبَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَالْبَيْنَ الْبَآهِمِ 
and that is proficiency and ihsan between the slave and other an and animals, cattle. In this hadith, this comprehensive hadith, these three affairs have been dealt with here. So the first one, al-ihsan bayna al-abd wa bayna rabbihi. And that is proficiency and perfection between the slave and his lord. As we know in the hadith that we mentioned, the hadith of Umar ibn Khattab, that it is the highest level of the deen. Al-ihsan and ta'budullaha ka'annaka tarahu fa'in lam takum tarahu fa'innahu yarak. Perfection regarding the relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that we worship Allah as if we see him. And if not, know that he sees you. So the abd, he has muraqabah. He has watchfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows that Allah is a sami' and al-basir, the all-hearing and all-seeing. So he worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowing that Allah is watching him, at least. That Allah is Al-Alim, the All-Knowing. So he fulfills his obligations, the fara'id. And he stays away from the prohibited acts. Establishing the Salah, establishing Tawheed fundamentally. Staying away from Shirk. Staying away from Riyah, showing off. And Sum'ah, seeking fame. Turning to Tawheed, establishing Tawheed. I've not been commanded except to worship Allah sincerely for his religion. So he has Ihsan, he establishes Tawheed and he establishes the Ibadat, the Salah, the Zakah, the Siyam, the Hajj, the Amr bin Ma'roof, the Munkar. He does the ibadat according to the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. This is ihsan. And he doesn't do his acts or his ibadah for the people. But rather he does it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the second, al-ihsan fi ma bayna al-abd wa bayna al-nas. You'll say this is point two or three. And that is Perfection of proficiency between the abd, the slave, and others. And that is that he treats them with good character. And that he has good mu'amala interactions with them. And that he is aware of the legislations, the legislations in the Quran and the Sunnah as it relates to the mu'amala, the interaction between him and the rest of the ibad. إِنِّي حَرَمْتُ الظُّلْمَ عَلَى نَفْسِي وَجَعَلْتُ بَيْنَكُمْ مُحَرَّمًا فَلَا تَظَالَمُوا And the hadith that we're going to come to later on in the 40 hadith. When the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that he, Allah does not oppress. And he has made oppression impermissible amongst you, amongst us, the creation. فَلَا تَظَالَمُوا So do not oppress. So from Ihsan, 
is that we, between the abd and the ibad, between the slave and others, is that they treat them, or they treat each other without oppression, and give them their hukuk, and give them the rights that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated. The third, four point here, وَكَذَلِكَ الْإِحْسَانِ بَيْنَ الْإِنسَانِ وَبَيْنَ الْبَآهِمِ And that is Ihsan proficiency between the slave and other creation. بِأَنْ يُطْعِمَهُ يُطْعِمُ جَعِيهَا And if the animal is hungry, he feeds the animal. وَيُسْقِي الْأَطْشَانَ مِنْهَا and the one that is thirsty from amongst these animals, he gives them water. And if there is one that has pain, an animal that has pain, he makes he lessens that pain for that animal by aiding them. And this is regarding the animals. These animals that do not harm even the dogs, and so forth. And we have a narration in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding kindness to even a dog. And that's a riwayah, And there was a man who was uh, walking and he was very thirsty. And he came across a well and he drank from that well. ثُمَّ خَرَجَ Then he left. فَإِذَا هُوَ بِكَلْبٍ يَلْهَثُ بِيَأْكُلُ الثَّرَى مِنَ الْعَشْحَ And then there was uh, a dog. And this dog was severely thirsty. Severely thirsty. فَقَالَ Then this individual who was thirsty the other day, he said, لَقَدَ بَلَغَ هَذَا this dog, he's feeling that which I felt when I was thirsty. So the Messenger وسلم, is telling us this story that this individual who was thirsty and he came to a, a well and he drank from that well then afterwards he saw a dog who was extremely thirsty and he said the dog is feeling what that which I felt. So then he filled his, his leather socks with water and, and took the mouth of the dog and gave the dog water to drink to relieve its thirst. فَشَكَرَ اللَّهُ لَهُ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded him فَغَفَرَ لَهُ And Allah forgave him And Allah forgave him قَالُوا The Sahaba رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ When the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them they or told them this story The Sahaba رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ قَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ Messenger of Allah وَإِنَّ لَنَا and we get reward even regarding the animal, the cattle. 
ratabatin ajrun fi kulli kabadin ratabatin ajrun for every living being you get reward for so there has to be ihsan regarding the animals treating them with gentleness and mercy and this is from the legislation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَالْوَاجِمًا تُحْسِنِ إِلَى الْبَآهِمْ كَمَا تُحْسِنِ إِلَى النَّاسِ You be good to animals as you are good to the people as Sheikh Saleh Fawzan حَفِذَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى mentioned Point number five and that is that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said إِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ and this is regarding capital punishment فَأَحْسِنُوا الْقِتْلَى and regarding the capital punishment, if, you, if, you, if a person has been, is receiving capital punishment, it has to be done proficiently. And that is according to the sunnah of the Messenger wasallam, Not electrocuting him huh? or battering him, but rather according to the sunnah of the Messenger wasallam, فَإِذَا اسْتَحَقَّ حَدْ أَحَدٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ الْقَتْلِ بِقِصَاصِ أَوْ بِحَدْ فَإِنَّهُ يُحْسِنْ إِلَيْهِ فِي قِتْلِهِ قَتْلِهِ وَلَا يُعَذِّبَ قَبْلَ قَلْءَ الْقَتْلِ And that is that if an individual has been legislated to receive capital punishment, he is not punished before that capital punishment. He is not tormented. But rather, the killing, that legislative killing that has been done by, uh, legislated by the ruler and the judge, not by anyone. سَلَمُكُمُ اللَّهُ زَيْدُ عَمَرُ لَا Rather by the Qadi, the judge, the ruler, and so forth. If it has been legislated, that killing has to be done proficiently. Without tormenting them, keeping them in death row for 50 years, tormenting them every day. This is not from that which has been legislated. But rather, that killing has been, it's been legislated, it will be done proficiently, minimizing the punishment pre uh, execution and then the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said and if you slaughter now these are for animals الحيوانات. and if you slaughter فأحسن الذبح and if you slaughter then be proficient in slaughtering and that is that we slaughter these animals and cattle according to the sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We do not show them the, the, the knife to scare them before the slaughtering. And as the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, shafratahu," And let any one of you sharpen his blade. And he makes sure the blade is sharp so the death of the cattle, the animal, is instant. It's instant. There is no punishment given, made or uh, given to the animal before the slaughtering has com been completed. And he shows Ihsan, he shows the Rahmah of Al Islam, even for the animals. So the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said فَأَحْسِنُ الذَّبْحِ So make sure that you slaughter 
proficiently with ihsan not punishing the animal and he gave an example of the sword well you hid the ahadukum shafratahu and let the one who does slaughter that his sword is sharp so from this hadith barakallahu feekum it's a comprehensive hadith again and rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that is that he commanded that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves ihsan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kataba al-ihsan that he has legislated and made obligatory that we are proficient and efficient and proficiency al-ihsan is kullu shay muwafiq li-sunnati rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam everything that is according to the sunnah or the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is al-ihsan, is legislated Allah has legislated it in the Quran in the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we have to deal with everything with ihsan ihsan with between us and Allah according to that which Allah has legislated and ihsan between us and other create other humans according to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislated and ihsan between us and the animals again according to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated and he shows the barakallahu feekum the um, uh, to, uh, the wisdom of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in that he gave example of the animal in this hadith and he gave example of the animal in this hadith showing that even an animal should receive mercy even an animal should receive mercy and therefore everything else no doubt deserves to have mercy and ihsan and proficiency in how we behave and treat them the final hadith that we plan to do today is hadith an Abi Dhar Jundub ibn Janada wa Abi Abdurrahman Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhuma a hadith narrated by both of them and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said and this is the hadith thamin ashar this is the 18th hadith that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ittaqillaha haythu ma kunt wa atbi' as-sayyat al-hasana tamhuha wa khaliqin nasa bi khuluqin hasanin. Ruawu tirmidiyu wa qala hadithun hasanun wa fi ba'dil nusakh hadithun hasanun sahihun. This hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that is on the authority of Abi Dhar Ibn Junadah Jundub Ibn Junadah Radiyallahu An and also Abi Abdurrahman Mu'adh Ibn Jabal Radiyallahu An that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said have taqwa of Allah fear Allah wherever you may be and follow a bad deed with a good deed, tamhuha, for indeed it will wipe out that bad deed. nas, and behave with the people with a, uh, manners, and have good manners, and behave well towards the people, bihulukin hasan, with good character, good manners. And this hadith is is a. Uh, mentioned by Imam Tirmidhi 
rahimahullah ta'ala in his sunan and he said that he declared this hadith as hasan sound and in another place or copies of his of his uh, uh, compilation of hadith he said the hadith is hasanun sahih the hadith is hasanun sahih so we deal with uh, some introductory points uh, or point as it, as it relates to this hadith and the, the introductory point I wanted to mention is the statement of Imam Tirmidhi rahimahullah ta'ala hadithun hasan and then he says again hasanun sahih so he said the hadith is hasan which is sound and it's hasanun sahih which is sound and it's authentic the first point I want to mention is that when we say hadith is hasan it's accepted and we say hadith is sahih it's maqbul it's accepted because the maqbul, the accepted hadith of the messenger, from the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, meaning that has been authentically ascribed to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is either is hasan or is sahih. And, and sahih hadith, an authentic hadith, is a hadith that has five conditions. And the first one, matasala isnadahu, that which all the narrators in that chain of narration are connected yani they have met and they have heard from each other one after the other and the narrators number two have to be trustworthy narrators trusted and trustworthy narrators and the third condition is that they may have they have to have precise memory Precise memory, whether it's memory from heart or from a book, they relay the narration from a book that was narrated to them. But they have precision, tight, and they're precise. Number four, it is not, the narrator does not oppose in this narration those who are stronger than him. It's not shav. And Shav, as is mentioned by Hafid ibn Hajar, rahimahullah ta'ala, is مخالفت المقبول لمن هو أوثق منه أو لمن هو أولى منه. The hadith must not be Shav, meaning that it must not be مخالفه, an opposition, by someone who is trustworthy and his memory is good. But he must not oppose those who are stronger than him in that narration. Meaning that if they are in a sitting where they heard this hadith and the person who was in that gathering from the narrators is stronger than him. If he opposes that stronger narrator, the hadith is not accepted. So hadith that is sahih, that is authentic, must not have this. There mustn't be an opposition to that to, to the one that is stronger than that narrator. Wala And number five, and it does not have any hidden discrepancies. Yani a discrepancy that is hidden. In the naked eye, you can't tell that there's a problem in that chain. But the ulama of hadith. Like Imam al-Bukhari, Tirmidhi, Nasai, Yahya ibn Ma'in, Imam Ahmed, Ali ibn Abdul Madini, Ali 
ابن المدینی ہاں رضی رحم اللہ تعالی they are able to identify these hidden discrepancies in the isnad if they find this if it's found that there is a hidden discrepancy it is not accepted it is not sahih so therefore these are the five conditions that has to be met number one al-ittisal number two they have to be thiqah number three tam adopt precise memory number four Adam al-Mukhalafa, he must not oppose those who are stronger than him in that narration. And number five, There mustn't be any hidden discrepancies in that isnad or in that metan, in that text. This is a hadith that is sahih. Highest level of hadith that is sahih in authenticity. As for al-Hasan, hadith that is Hasan, which is the one that Tirmidhi mentions where he says hadith on Hassan and that is that the narrator fulfills all of those conditions except his memory is not that strong it's good enough but his memory, his dot, his precision is not that strong so it goes down to the level lower than Sahih to Hassan that's point number one point number two in this introduction is that Imam Tirmidhi rahimahullah ta'ala, he says hadith on sahih in the Ba'd al-Nusakh, in other copies of his, in his compilation of hadith, he says hadith on sahih, and he's combined Hassan and sahih. So there may seem to be a bit of a confusion. It's Hassan, and at the same time it's sahih. And as we mentioned, the definition of Hassan is different from the definition of sahih. Hassan, fundamentally, is lower in strength than Sahih, even though they're both accepted, they're both acceptable, but it's lower in strength. So how can we combine Hassan and Sahih? The ulama have explained many different ways for this. Some have said that he means Hassan linguistically, good, but Sahih according to the conditions of the hadith. Some of the ulama, they said, some of the Asanid, some of the different chains are Hassan. And others are sahih. So there are two different chains. One chain, for example, is Hassan. And another chain is sahih. So it's Hassan sahih because of different chains that have different levels. Different narrators in different paths in coming to the meaning of this hadith. One path is Hassan and the other path is sahih. Some of the ulama have also mentioned... That Hassan Sahih means it's higher than Hassan, but it's not as high as Sahih. It's in between. It's not as it's, it's stronger than Hassan, but not as high as Sahih. So it's Hassan Sahih, yani in between the two. So the ulama have explained it, but in any case, all of them come to an agreement that Hassan and Sahih, if it's correct then the hadith is authentically attributed to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam point number 3 that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam again mentioned a comprehensive advice and the first advice he said ittaqillah haythu ma kunt fear allah wherever you may be and this is a taqwa 
is regarding the mu'amala ma'allah. This at first part is talking about the, inter the relationship between the slave and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is advice of the awwalin wal akhirin. Those who came before us have been advised and those who came after have been advised. وَلَقَدْ وَصَيْنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ أَنِ اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said in Surah An-Nisa and we have admonished those before you who have been given the book and you to have taqwa of Allah to have taqwa of Allah and the taqwa of Allah barakallahu feekum is kalimatun jami'ah Azimah, lofty, comprehensive statement. And that is that statement which leads us to fulfilling the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and staying away from his prohibitions. Obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and staying away from disobeying him. And that we put a barrier between us and the anger and the punishment of Allah. We do not go past that barrier to reach the punishment of Allah. But rather we have that wiqaya. That's why it's called taqwa. Protection. Wiqaya. We protect ourselves with Iman and we protect ourselves with Ta'a and obedience to not transgress and disobey him subhanahu wa ta'ala and earn his anger and his punishment وَإِيَّذٌ بِاللَّهِ إِتَّقِ اللَّهِ هَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُ Fear Allah wherever you may be without istithna, without an exception in secret Fear Allah in open Fear Allah. وَلَقَدْ وَصَيْنَا الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ عَنِ اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Allah is warning us, telling us to fear Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِيَّاكُمْ عَنِ اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Fear Allah, have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all affairs. Because we have this taqwa of Allah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing is hidden from Him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لا يخفى عليه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء. Verily, Allah, nothing is hidden from Him in the earth and in the heavens. So Him, Subhanahu wa Taala, we turn to with ikhlas. We do not do our actions for the ibad. We do not do our actions for the creation, because verily they don't know our inner feed, inner beliefs. They may see the zahir. The creation may see our apparent actions, but they do not see the batin. They do not see that with which is hidden. But as for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Inna Allaha la yakhfa alayhi shay'un fil ardi wa la fis sama. As for Allah, nothing is hidden from Him. In the earth and in the heavens, whatever we hold in our chest, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows this. And this is ihsan again. Having ihsan is establishing that taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك worship Allah like you can see him and if you can't then worship him knowing that he can see you كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك this taqwa having this muraqaba watchfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our speech watchfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our aqidah watchfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our manhaj watchfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our behavior watchfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that which we look at in that which we touch in that which we go to for every step we do and make where we're walking to we have that watchfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Worship, uh, fear Allah, wherever you may be. Comprehensive advice from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the second, he mentions, And follow a bad deed with a good deed. For verily it will eliminate that bad deed. It will wipe it out. This is, this is regarding the slave and himself. Follow that good deed. Have mercy on yourself. Follow that bad deed with a good deed. Have mercy on yourself. Because verily that good deed will wipe out the evil deed. As the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam الصلوات الخمس والجمعة إلى الجمعة ورمضان إلى رمضان مكفرات لما بينهن إذا اجتنب الكبائر. The Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he mentioned in the hadith of Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه in Sahih Muslim that the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he said the five prayers. From Jummah to Jummah, and in between the five prayers, and between Jummah and Jummah, and between Ramadan to the next Ramadan, the sins will be expiated, wiped out. Just as long as he doesn't fall into the major sins. So have mercy on yourself, ya ibadallah, and do the ta'at and the obedient acts because verily they will wipe off and wipe away the sins and this brings us to the next point which is part of this point and that is which sins have been wiped out by the other sins the ulama have said that a good deed wipes out the minor sins when the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said Follow the bad deed with a good deed for verily it will wipe it out. Yani this here the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is mentioning is regarding the minor sins, the sagair. And this is supported by this hadith of Abu Hurairah that we mentioned that it's in Sahih Muslim. When the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Yani the salawat from the, the between the salawat and 
the Barakallahu Fikum Juma between Juma and another Juma and Ramadan and another Ramadan wipes out the sins. As long as he stays away from the major sins, which means that the major sins requires tawbah. It requires repentance. So the sins can be wiped out by either the good deeds, the minor sins can be wiped out, wiped out by the good deeds. But as for the kabair, the major sins, they need to be the individual needs to repent. He needs to make tawbah. And this shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has given many avenues for the abd to get forgiveness and have his sins wiped out. Which is why we do not have despair. We have thiqah. We have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this just shows the importance of the aqidah and having ilm and ma'rifah of the asma' wa sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sifat al-Rahmah, the attribute of mercy. This is a sign here in this hadith is a proof of the attribute of mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed our good deeds to wipe out our bad deeds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened the door of tawbah as long as we are alive. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, jami'an. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Oh, say to my ibad. Allah calls him his slave. So, subhanallah. Qul Qul ya say, Oh, my slaves. Asrafu ala anfusihim. The one that oppressed himself. The one that oppressed himself. Do not despair from the mercy of Allah. Because verily Allah forgives all sins. Subhanallah. And Tawbah wipes out that which is before. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, salaf." So Allah subhanahu wa said in Surah Al-Anfal, and say to the ones that disbelieve, if they make repentance and turn away from their disbelief, يُغْفَرْ لَهُمْ مَا قَدْ سَلَفْ That which preceded or that which occurred in the past from their sins will be forgiven. If this is for the kafir, Allah says, قُلْ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا If this is for the disbeliever, that if he makes tawbah and repents from his shirk and kufr, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive that which preceded. What about the believer? What about the person of tawheed? Have trust in the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If this is for the kafir, what about the believer? قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَصْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْتَعُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Say to my slaves, the one that has oppressed himself, do not despair from the mercy of Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ ذَنُّوبَ جَمِيعًا Verily Allah forgives all sins. سَاثِقَ إِنَ اللَّهَ سَتُوبُ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْبَةً نَصُوحًا Repent to Allah with a sincere repentance, fulfilling the conditions of tawbah. Not wanting to go back to that sin. Having sincerity and accepting the error and repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And not having the intention of going back and understanding the qubh 
and the vile nature of that sin and fulfilling the rights of those who you have oppressed and overturning your oppression and lies and so forth against that individual and that sin. This is the condition. These are the conditions of tawbah. Tawbu ilallah tawbatan nusuha. So we have to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally, the third category that is mentioned in this hadith is ma baynaka wa bayna an-nas. And that is the relationship or interaction between you, between us and other people. وَخَالِكِ nas bi khuluqin hasan. The third part of this advice of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after mentioning the rights between Allah and Ibad and the mentioning the person and himself. Now he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned that interaction or relationship or mu'amala behavior between you and other people. And treat the people with good behavior. Behave well to the people. And that is because the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah said regarding him, And you are lofty in manner and character. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we have to treat people with good manners and good character. Doing ihsan and good to the people. Being good to our neighbors, being good to our family members. Having good character with our children. And good character with our elders and the minors. And treating them with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated in the book of Allah in his Quran. And in the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we have to have this kalima tayyib, good speech, wabashasha, a welcoming face. Sheikh Saleh Fawzan, Hafidullah Ta'ala, he mentioned because that would increase the love amongst people. Hadu tahabu. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, give gifts. And love will increase amongst you. Afshur salam baynakum. The messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that which will increase the love is by sending salams to each other and reflecting on the meaning of assalamu alaikum. And meaning, meaning it sincerely. So this is barakallahu fikum, an important nukta that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned this hadith of Abidhar and Mu'adh ibn Jabal that they heard the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قال اتق الله في الله حيث ما كنت wherever you may be وعطب السيئات الحسنة and follow a bad deed with a good deed تمحوها it will wipe it out. And treat the people with good behavior. And this is from the Jawami Kalam of Rasulullah, a comprehensive statement, succinct, concise, with plenty meaning in it. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq that we implement these ahadith that we are studying. For verily, this is ilm and this is nur. This is the ilm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed.
the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we have to stick to it, study it, understand it according to the way of the Salaf and implement it in our lives. So we ask Allah SWT to give us tawfiq that we're able to do that. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.